Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you that you are such an incredible God. Lord, we thank you for the amazing privilege of just being in your house today. Lord, being with our brothers and sisters. And Lord, just as we come before you now, we pray for open hearts. Lord, we pray for fresh revelation around our lives. Lord, I just pray that the words of man would drop to the ground. But Lord, that your words would penetrate our hearts. Lord, that you would bring transformation in our life because, God, it's all about you. So, Father, we give you all the praise and the glory and the honour this morning in your precious name. Amen. I've been on a um, very interesting journey with my message this week. It's um, quite different for me, so I have no idea how how I'm going to pull this off, but... God's good, hey? He's faithful and he shows up and, and he does something quite incredible. And I love that even for me when I set out to prepare a message and I have an idea of where it's going to go, that God just takes me on this left field journey and, and reveals so much more to me. And it's such an amazing privilege to open the word of God and just get fresh revelation time and time again. And I think for many of us, we've been very focused this year on um, the laws of our nation, haven't we? There's been so many hot topics that we've been constantly um, bombarded with in front of our face that we have differences of opinions on that have probably been the topic of conversation around the dinner table time and time again with your work colleagues, with your neighbours, with your family, no matter where it is. It's It's been hard to escape it. And for many of us, um, I guess the outcomes of those topics have saddened us to see where they've gone. And so I think it's almost become our prayer, okay, God, what next? Where next? What are you calling us to next? And so I think that's constantly in the back of our mind. And about six weeks ago, I read this passage in my quiet time, and, and since then it's been over and over in my mind. And, and um, if you want to turn with me to First Peter chapter 12, 15 to 17. The chapter heading is actually living before the world. And I think that that's what our greatest challenge is right now, isn't it? How are we living before the world? Because who knows that no matter how much we jump up and down, no matter what our beliefs are, no matter what the word of God says, the laws of our land have gone with the majority. And the majority have said, this is what we want to see. We want to see same-sex marriage. We want to see um, pro-choice and all of these different things. So we don't actually have the ability to stop these things. So I guess the big question to us now is, okay, God, how are we to live in this world and before this world? And First Peter chapter 2 says, For it is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance and irresponsible criticisms of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover or pretext for evil, but use it and live as bondservants of God. Show respect for all people. Treat them honourably. Love the brotherhood of believers. 
fear God, honour the king. So much in this scripture and I think that's why I've been on such an incredible journey this week because I felt like there was so much in it that I could actually pull out of it. And I, and I started going down this road of, you know, live as free people. I love that. I'm so passionate about us becoming a free people and, and living to the fullness of, of what it meant for Christ to die on the cross for us. And then I started going in this incredibly different direction. And I think that's where it kind of threw me a little bit. But as I started to read more into first Peter, Before that, in um, verse 11, it actually says, Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honourable among Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Isn't it interesting that, that so many times in that chapter, Paul's actually reinforcing, uh, Peter is actually reinforcing the same thing so that we're actually getting it in our head. And it, and it's just so simple, isn't it? When we read that, to live according to the will of God, live freely without constraints, do the right thing, honor everyone, love your fellow Christ followers, then your life will bring glory to God and those that aren't Christ followers will see it and want to follow him. How simple is that? So easy. Amen. We're done. Let's just go and do that. Anyone tried much to do any of that consistently? To do good, to honour everyone, to love your fellow believers, the person sitting beside you, the person behind you. Anyone tried much to do that? And got severely depressed when again and again you fall on your face. When again and again you don't meet that mark. When you try and you try. But that person grates you like never before. Paul unpacks our collective wrestle so well in Romans. So let's have a look at Romans chapter 7. 14 to 25. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to do well is present within me. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present within me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man am I, don't you love that? Who will deliver me from this body of death? 
I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Who all of a sudden feels really good about their own struggles when we read this? Isn't it so comforting when we have a struggle in our life and you talk to somebody else and, and they share that with you and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad to hear it's not just me. I'm so glad that it's not just me that tries over and over again. I'm so glad it's not me. I'm so glad to hear that we all have the same challenges. And I think when we read this Roman scripture, it's so comforting to know that for even someone like Paul, who was as amazing as he was, his will was not strong enough. That constantly, time and time again, he battled those same areas. So why do I do the things I don't want to do and don't do the things that I do want to do? So this morning, I've prepared for us a little science lesson. Are we ready for some science? Now, there's a bit of a disclaimer on this because I didn't finish school which means that I didn't really do much science because, let's face it, the majority of your science is actually in high school and I most certainly didn't study physics. So this week I have, thanks to Google, studied some physics. So are we all ready for a physics lesson from Google from a year 10 dropout? Bring it on. All right. So what I learned is that one of the laws of physics is that anything in motion causes friction. Am I right so far? Beautiful. So friction is the resistance that one surface or object encounters when moving over another. Rice, nothing else in here but rice. I'm sorry, you probably can't see this very well. My pencil is going into my rice. You watch if I actually pull this off now. I am going to be amazed. Come on, pencil. Come on, pencil. I really actually wanted to rub two sticks together and create a fire. But I figured that Josh would probably frown upon that. So this was my second choice. But I'm so much better at rubbing two sticks together and creating fire. All right, you ready? <laughs> Woohoo! And we have friction. It's amazing. Thank you, pencil. How cool is that? Did anyone actually learn that in school? So I'm not the only one. How good is that? I love it. Now you've learned a new party trick. All you need is rice and a pencil. So good. And a very patient audience. Yes, thank you all very much for my demonstration, but it was just so cool I had to show you all. So thank you, Google. Uh, so we all know that friction can be bad and good, right? So I need friction right now as I walk across this stage so that I don't fall on my backside. So it's a good thing. But who knows also that that friction is wearing down my shoes. 
So eventually, I'm going to have to buy new shoes because the soles of my shoes are going to be worn down. We'll be all right for a while, says Jamie. So, And I'm sure that some other genius has figured out why blokes wear the soles of their shoes faster than us girls do. Something to do with friction there as well. I'm sure, don't be cheeky. There is a point to my friction. So one of the laws of the spiritual realm is that any motion or progress in the pursuit of right doing or godliness will produce friction as it confronts the carnality of our human nature. How good is that? Bring on the science, hey? Absolutely, I'm back. So when we read Romans, do we note Paul's determination? So he says over and over again, I will to do. So to exercise the will is to de- determine to choose or commit to do something. In Paul's case, he wills to do good. That is to resist the flesh's natural drift towards the unworthy, immoral or self-serving. So again, time and time again, I will to do this. And he has that, that determination within him. But we also note his conflict. So his conflict is, but evil is present. That is, there is no escape from human inclination. So as I said, the law of the spiritual realm is that as motion or progress in the pursuit of doing good will produce friction as it confronts the carnality of our human nature. And I think for Paul and for us is that's what we're encountering. As we walk through life, we're encountering this friction. We're encountering it time and time again. Our will, we can be so determined within ourselves. But what we're coming up against is that fleshly, carnal nature within all of us. So then how do I do right? If Paul's will or determination to do right wasn't enough for him, then it's certainly not going to be enough for me. Jack Hayford says, The call is to commit to godliness with relentless persistence. There is a higher law that assures victory as we overcome fleshly friction. Pressing forward in the determined, passionate pursuit of Christ. I love that. So then doing right, if we go back to 1 Peter, doing right is actually all about living a life in the pursuit of godliness. Living a life in the pursuit of godliness. So godliness, our definition, is a personal attitude towards God that results in actions that are pleasing to him. It's our devotion to God. Or simply put, devotion in action. Therefore, godliness or devotion is the only motivation for Christian behaviour that is pleasing to God. He's actually not about us willing to do these things, us wanting, us, us pursuing to do these good things. He's actually all about us just pursuing him. The more that we are subject to the do's and don'ts without knowing how to yield to the enabling power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill such requirements, the more we sin. And we know this, don't we? You know, when we set out to to buy a red car, what do we see on the road? 
Every second car is a red car. And so we know this, don't we? And, we? and we say it to ourselves time and time again, but then we continue to whip ourselves when we do wrong. I should not sin. I should not sin. I should not sin. And what is now my focus? My focus is now the red car. So all I am seeing everywhere is the red car. So how do I pursue godliness? I have three suggestions for us this morning. Fear of God, love of God, and desire of God. Notice how all three of these are actually focusing on God. None of them are focusing on me and my challenges. Think of somebody that you would say is a godly person. And isn't it interesting that as we think of that person, we actually think of their behavior, don't we? But as we've just heard, godliness actually has nothing to do with their behavior. If you spoke with them, that you would find that their sole pursuit is God. Their sole pursuit is godliness. But what actually flows out of that is what you see in their life. It's their behavior. It's, it's a life that you see that you want to emulate at the end of the day. 1 John 5 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that's overcome the world, our faith. Let's think about it from a natural perspective, but his commandments are very burdensome, aren't they? If I'm trying to keep tab on myself each and every day, I have to remind myself, do not murder today, do not murder today, do not murder today, do not murder today. Constantly, time and time again, do not gossip today, do not gossip today, do not look lustfully upon that person today, do not look lustfully upon that person today. All day, I'm actually reminding myself of all the things that I actually need to live by. Behavior is a byproduct of godliness. It's not our focus. Okay, so let's get back to the pursuit of godliness. So fear of the Lord, an inward attitude of humble reverence towards God in light of his self-revelation that results in an outward expression of Christ-likeness or godliness. Proverbs says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all evil. And Acts says that the church has walked in the fear of the Lord. I believe that so much of our thinking around fear of the Lord actually needs to come back to us right-sizing God in our lives. We need to stop trying to contain him because he's uncontainable. We need to stop trying to describe him because he's indescribable. We need to stop trying to measure him because he's immeasurable. We need to stop trying to comprehend him because he's incomprehensible. Just because we think it's beyond repair doesn't make it so. Just because we think it's the end doesn't make it so. Just because we think it's too big doesn't make it so. Just because we think there's not enough doesn't make it so. Just because we think it's impossible doesn't make it so. Just because we think he's not in it doesn't make it so. Just because we think it's finished doesn't make it so. We actually need to stop thinking and start knowing. This is who 
he is. This is who I know he is. To love God, Deuteronomy and many other places actually says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. So all of us, all of our being, body, soul and spirit, we're to love him. And you know what? The more that we know someone, the more we love them. The more we love them, the more we can actually put them before ourselves. Because at the end of the day, if I don't know you, if I don't love you, then I actually love myself more and I put myself before I put you. So fear of God and love of God actually brings us to a greater desire of God. So if we focus on the first two, the third actually happens naturally. Matthew says that where your treasure is or your highest value, there your heart will also be. Whatever we pursue, whatever we hold within our heart, that's what we're going to chase after. Godliness equals devotion in action. All right, because I'm on a roll with my physics lesson this morning, Christian, can I have that? I actually want to talk about another physics law. Thank you. Just on the ground would be fine. And I need my exercise buddy. Everyone, this is Megan. Meet Megan. Megan and I get whipped by Belinda once a week. It's not fun at all, but we do it. (laughs) Ah, she's here. Nice. I should have you up here doing this. So the physics law that I want to talk about now is momentum. So momentum... The quantity of motion of a moving body measured as a product of its mass and velocity. Everyone knew that, right? So, we're never going to be able to remove friction from our lives entirely. So, momentum is actually going to help us reduce the impact of that. Now, John Maxwell, who is the master, he actually calls it the big mo. And he says, oftentimes, the only difference between winning and losing is momentum. So now, Megan is going to demonstrate some of this because I've been thinking about momentum in the last week because Megan decided that she was going to whip my butt when it came to this, what I call a cowbell, but it's actually called a kettlebell, I've discovered. Thanks, Trady. And so, when I was attempting to do the kettlebell, this is how I did it, deadlift. No judgment. I want three. One, down, two, down, beautiful, three, beautiful. Now, Megan is going to demonstrate some momentum and show you how it should be done. Let's go, girl. Woo! Look at that momentum. And how much easier is that? Job well done. Thank you, Megan. And yes, as she said, 12 kilos. Pretty impressive, hey? 12 kilos. Beautiful demonstration. We all get the gist of momentum? Yes. So if we're moving in the direction that we need to be going, then less is going to slow us down. If my focus is on pursuing God, then I'm going to get stuck on less sin. 
when I lift that as a dead weight, which I won't do because I wore heels today, all I'm focused on, but I can. You don't believe me, do you? All I'm focused on is trying to lift that weight. It consumes all of my thinking, all of my energy. But you could see that as we start to use the laws of physics, as we start to use that momentum, then we actually get in the role. And then, us girls, we can actually have a conversation while we're doing that because we're using the laws of physics. And I love that because coming back to John Maxwell, oftentimes the only difference between winning and losing is momentum. It's so true, isn't it? In so many areas of our life, the hardest thing to do is start, isn't it? The hardest thing to do with exercise is get out of bed or start on the first day or whatever it may be. But once we actually get in the flow and we let momentum kick in, that actually becomes so much easier in our life, isn't it? And so I think when I, when I think about where my focus is, I'm going, okay, God, I'm frustrated because I will to do these things, but my flesh, it's so strong. It screams at me, don't get out of bed. No, you need sleep. And you know what? I do need sleep. But the reality is, probably got kids on my hands for another 20 odd years. So I'm going to be sleep deprived for the next 20 odd years. So I might as well embrace it and get out of bed anyway, right? Get that momentum kicking. But if I don't, then I'm allowing friction to win. I'm actually allowing those areas of my life to dominate my life. Our key scripture for this year. Anyone know? Pop quiz. You can have a jar of rice if you can tell me what our key scripture is for this year. Anyone? Yell it out. Yep. And it says? Woo! You can come and collect your rice at the end of the service. Very good. Daniel 11.32, but those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Have we figured it out yet? It's actually all about knowing him. That's all we need to do. All I need to do is know him more. He doesn't require anything more from me. He actually just says, I want you to know me more. For it is the will of God that by doing right, Pursuing a life of godliness, you may silence the ignorance and irresponsible criticisms of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover or pretext for evil, but use it and live as bondservants of God. Show respect for all people, treat them honorably, love the brotherhood of believers, fear God, and honor the king. Can you imagine, church? Can you imagine what flows out of our beings as we simply pursue God? As that becomes our focus. When we stop looking at anything else in our life, it doesn't matter. 
If Paul can't get it right, we can't get it right. So let's just quit trying to get it right. Let's change our focus instead and go, you know what, God? I'm going to run with you. I'm going to put my focus on you. I'm going to pursue you with everything within me. Don't get me wrong. Live as free people and do not use your freedom as a cover or a pretext for evil. I'm not standing up here giving you permission to do evil. But you know what? Evil's going to be the last thing on your mind when everything within you desires to pursue your heavenly father. Everything else is simply going to drop to the ground. And do you know what? When we do, we're going to do great and mighty exploits. We are going to change this nation for Jesus. And it's not going to be in the way that we think it's going to be because we already feel like we're failing in those areas. But as we honour our community, as we truly love our brothers and sisters here. As God is the centre of our life and as we honour the leadership above us, then let's watch and let's see what God's going to do out of that because he will do great and mighty things out of our life. And I love it that at the end of that, it actually says that they might silence the ignorance and irresponsible criticisms of foolish people. That by the way we live, what comes out of us, it's going to silence the naysayers. Because who knows, you can't dispute my actions. You can't dispute what's flowing out of my life. You can dispute what's coming out of my mouth. And we can sit and we can argue about all of these things that we don't agree on until we're blue in the face. But what you can't argue is the God in me, the God that flows out of me and my life that is screaming God from every aspect of it, my life that the sole focus and purpose within it is just pursuing God each and every day. Am I going to get it all right? No. (laughs) I'm still going to will to do and not do time and time again. Can I get the team up? As Andy, our fabulous Red Frogs Andy says, you're the only Bible that some people will ever read. It's stuck with me. You are the only Bible that some people will ever read. The question is, church, are we a good translation of the Word of God? Are we living fully in the freedom that Christ died to give us? Or have we ticked the salvation box, and now we're still living in the bondage of our sin. Let's purpose to be a people that above all else pursue God, that fear the Lord. Let's be a people that love God. Let's be a people that desire him in everything that we do. And let's champion that cause in each other. If we're truly loving each other, then do you know what we're pointing out? I love the way that God is at the centre of your life. I love the way that you show your family 
each and every day that he's the center of your life. I love the way you show your workmates or, or your neighbors that he's at the center of your life. Not, geez, you could do a bit better in that area. Saw you gossiping yesterday. How many Hail Marys are you going to say today? Let's champion the God within each other and encourage it. Let's go on a journey of pursuing godliness together. Because who knows, just like me and my exercise buddy, when she's there, it's so much easier. When she's right beside me, when I'm trying to lift this more times than her, I do better at lifting that because I'm so determined that Megan is not going to lift that kettlebell more times than me. She's spurring me on. She's bringing the good out of me. Let's do that. Will you stand with me this morning, church? Thank you, Father. I feel like for some of us, we need the reminder that our yesterdays are forgotten. He's forgotten what you've walked in. He's forgotten what you've come from, not because he's a forgetful God, because we know that he's a forgetful God. He chooses to forget your yesterdays. He's thrown them as far as the east is from the west. You don't need to keep reminding him. You don't need to keep bringing it up. He's reminding you today. He's saying, just like me, choose to forget. Make the decision each and every day not to live in the bondage and the sin of yesterday. Choose to put it aside because he has, and he's the ultimate authority in this area. So just like he's chosen to forget, you need to choose to forget today. You need to lay it down before his feet and not pick it up again. Not walk in it again. Purpose in your heart today and say, you know what, God? I thank you that I no longer walk in the things of yesterday. I thank you that there is no condemnation in you, Father God. Lord, today, Father, we come before you with hearts, Lord, that desire you above all else. Father, I pray, God, that you would empower us, that you would strengthen us. Lord, as we purpose in our minds to to pursue you above all else, Father God. Lord, we know that our carnality, we know that our, that our sinful nature is going to try and pull us back time and time again. But God, I thank you that, that as we begin to run, Father God, Lord, as we begin to run, that you're going to be running beside us. Lord, that you're cheering us on from the sideline, that you're sustaining us each and every day, Father God. Lord, today we choose to look up and have our eye on the prize. Lord, we're not looking to the left, we're not looking to the right, but we're 
we're choosing to focus our eyes on you, to focus our affections upon you today. Lord, to say that we put you above all else in our life. We choose to honour you, to love you, to respect you. God, because above all else, God, we want to see this community saved. We want to see our families saved. We want to see people come into relationship with you. And it's only by seeing you in our life, Father God. Lord, so may we shine your light to this community. May we be a beacon of godliness to those around about our life. May they look at us and say, I want what she's got. I desire more of that in my life. Come on, church. We desire you, God, this morning. We put you first. We put you first. More of you, Father God, in our life. He's our strength each and every day. Holy Spirit, that needs to be the first thing on our lips each and every morning. Holy Spirit, I need to do this day with you. You're going to empower me. You're going to give me the strength. You're going to help me keep my focus where it needs to be. Let's worship him, church. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.